Hey guys, today is another incredible episode. Truly an incredible woman, warrior. Her story is just unbelievable. I was so honored to have her on the show and get to share her with you guys. If you don't know who she is, you should definitely check her and her story out and the show on stars. But without further ado, I have the amazing India Oxenberg, who is the author of Still Learning, a memoir documenting her seven-year experience with an escape from the toxic cult, NXIVM. By sharing her story, she hopes to raise awareness about the insidious nature of the female coercion. In addition to writing, she is also an activist and an executive producer for stars. India currently lives in her hometown of Los Angeles, California with her fiance. And I spelled out the cult, but it is Nexium for those that um, do know the marketing um, company that actually was um, and is a cult. Um, and India shares her story today and talks about the realness of how this goes on all the time and, you know, her own journey within it, why she decided to create this show on stars and so much more. And if you haven't watched the show on stars, I highly encourage you to watch it. India, her story today is just, wow, guys. I mean, you know, I love all of my episodes and all of my podcasts, but this episode is truly, I was honored to have her. So I hope you guys enjoy. If you do love the show, please make sure you're subscribed. Leave a five-star review. It really helps my show and all of us here. And I just love you guys. I appreciate all the support. And I just want to say, if you have been checking out my social media, you saw our big announcement. We are moving. And so that is why the podcast has been a little bit crazy as far as, you know, production and getting things out. And so bear with me as I navigate this move across country and share with all of you everything that's going on with us. Thank you for always all the love and support. And I hope you really love this episode. Till next time, guys. Thank you. This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. I'm so, so honored and excited for today's guest. You guys, you know, I always get excited about my guests, but this guest is truly incredible, incredible woman, a light warrior. Wait till you hear her story. I have the fabulous and beautiful India Oxenberg. Welcome to my show. Hi, Allie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk. I know we've been trying for a while, so yay, you did it. We finally aligned. I always in divine exactly. timing. I'm so exactly. grateful and honored to have you. I mean, you yeah. have quite the story. You are such an incredible woman. I want to just honestly go right in and let sure. you tell your story for those that don't know you, for those that do know you that maybe don't know the full story, you know, maybe those that have seen the show, but I want you to just, you know, tell us, take us back into how this all started. And then of course, I want to come to, you know, where you are now in your life and your beautiful, happy ending. All right. Well, let me see how, let me go back then. Um, well, I guess I'll go back to 2011. Um, I was 19 years old and I had just left, wait, no, sorry. Is it 2011 or 2012? I'll have to, I'll have to double check. Clearly not, not that memorable yet, very memorable. Um, and I had just left university in Boston and I, I was looking for some direction in my life. And I wanted to start a catering business with a friend of mine from high school. And I felt kind of like I needed some tools. I needed some structure in order to take on an entrepreneurial project, which would have been totally new for me at that time in my life. And so a trusted friend of my mother's and myself recommended this program called Executive Success Program. And at the time, it wasn't really referred to as Nexium. Like Nexium really became the name that ESP or Executive Success Programs are now being called when it hit the mainstream media in uh, 2017, 2018. And so I'll, I'll call it both ESP and Nexium, just so that we're clear, it's the same thing, 
one was the umbrella company to the other. Um, and ESP was kind of like their consumer front products that they sold as a professional personal growth program. And for me, I grew up in Los Angeles. I've seen a lot of these things in my life. I've come across them. Personal growth is not super unusual out here for those of you, those that know, they know that LA is kind of a like a hub for that stuff. So nothing really was a major red flag for me initially. And I remember in the intro presentation, turning to my mom and saying, you know, I think this is for me. Like there was something about it that really spoke to me. I was feeling kind of aimless and what they were offering was this, what, well, and how they pitched it was kind of like a practical MBA and that this was gonna be the thing that was gonna help me go to the next level in my life. And, in, and that was for me at the time, wanting to build a, a career for myself. And what my mother and I didn't know was really what we were doing was a cult. And the way that they recruited people was using trusted friends, using other legitimate people who they had recruited as ways to advertise for the group without really having anybody investigate or look online. They had a very limited online presence. And so we just went in and we signed up. We started with a five-day course. And from there, my mother and I sort of took a different direction. I went in to the coaching kind of mentor mentee path where I thought that I was going to become um, like proficient in these skills that they were teaching in ESP, but also in what I wanted to build in my life. And that was the way that they sold it, that the, the more you rose up the ranks in their company, the more proficient that you would become in your life in general. And that sounded great to me at the time because I was really looking for that. And so from there, I spent many years working as a coach uh, for no compensation. It was all under the you know, the guise of that this is going to pay back in the end, that you're working towards something, um, like as if you were going to college. And, you know, being a 19, 20, 21, you know, and so on year old woman, I thought that this was going to be my roadmap. And <clears throat> so, you know, cut to five years in, and Allison Mack, who really wasn't a friend of mine at the time, but I knew her through the Nexium community, um, approached me. And she started to talk to me about a women's group that she said was really super special and that they were going to give me one-on-one -on -one coaching and they were really going to help me take my life to the next level. And at that point, I had been in ESP as a coach for a couple years, I had really stopped kind of growing and I was feeling super discouraged and unmotivated and kind of like one foot in, one foot out. And so that was the exact moment that she approached and recruited me into what I, we, we now know as DOS, which was the sub sorority ultimately created by Keith that was a master slave program and you know that's really when all I mean although you could say my life changed the moment that I went into that room for the intro presentation my life severely changed after I was recruited into DOS and there was um, that's when it took a very dark dark turn for me and at that point I was going back and forth between Los Angeles and Albany to take courses and after being recruited into DOS, I was instructed to officially relocate to Albany. And so I moved there and I left everything behind thinking that, you know, I was going to really grow and excel and be mentored by some people who I really trusted and who I had known for years. And Allison, although I hadn't really been close to her at all prior to this, was someone that I admired and I looked up to within the group because she was excelling. And I mean, unbeknownst to me, all of that acceleration was arbitrary because it was being decided by Keith 
um, who was being promoted or, or not. And so that, um, I mean, this is a really consolidated version of, of, you know, seven years of my life, but it, it's kind of crazy for me to look at it now because there was so many moments where you could have said, oh my God, how come you didn't leave? Like, why didn't you not go then? And I would have left, or how did you manage to stay? And all of that is really explained through the grooming and, and indoctrination process that happens over years. None of this stuff happens overnight. Unbeknownst to me, my mind was changing and it was changing rapidly. And it was no longer beliefs that were in charge of my decisions, but they were being replaced with Keith's beliefs and indoctrination. And that's really where his his kind of psychotic genius lies is being able to manipulate people. I don't like to give him much credit because I don't think that he deserves it, but there is a type of genius that most people who have empathy and are normal human beings like you and me can't understand because we don't think like them. And part of my decision to ultimately make this documentary seduced with stars was to make sure that this stuff was known and that it was known that it, that it could happen to anybody and that we all have vulnerabilities and we are all capable of being conned or fooled and that doesn't make us wrong or broken or any of those things. It actually just makes us human. And once you know how to identify those red flags, you can avoid them and you can let other people know who you love, that these are things that they should look out for. Not to live in fear because I don't believe in that either, but to just be aware and be conscious that those things exist and and being able to just get my story out and really process it through the docu-series and through my book was incredibly healing for me because it gave me a lot of clarity and even just speaking about it because there was a time where I didn't want to speak about it at all and I thought you know I'm going to run away to the mountains and change my name and never have to talk about Nexium or any of this stuff ever again but that was not of that wasn't a real solution for me because I realized that in order to get through this I had to go head first and that meant just being brutally honest with myself and with with other people so that I could really take my life back into my own hands and not have this thing haunt me for the rest of my life if that makes sense so that's kind of a little bit about me and um, my story in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, first off, I mean, yeah, like you said, that was super consolidated yeah. of what everything, you know, you <laughs> we go super were... deep into it, into sedu in seduced, by the way, like long story short, but yes, we, we expand on that in the series for sure. Yes, absolutely. And when you spoke to, you know, being, you know, sucked into this cult, you know, like you said, you know, you were not aware that this was cult. I think anyone listening right now, no. myself too, like from reading your story and learning so much about you, like it's wild to, to see that like that actually happened to you. But like you said, it could happen to anyone and look at the type of people who are there grooming and, you know, indoctrinating and bringing people into this program, making them think they are going to better their lives. They are going to better themselves and excel in business. And, you know, who could blame you as a, you know, young woman who wanted to be the successful entrepreneur to say, oh, hey, here's this, that's going to help you excel. There's so many times where even myself as an entrepreneur, things are presented to me and it's like, hey, this could help you. This can funnel your business. This can do this, this can do that. And you just don't know. So you share that. so hard. You know, <laughs> right? You have to be so discerning these days because there's so, especially with technology. I mean, I think it makes us even more vulnerable to, to predatory behavior and manipulation and and because there's so many ways to deceive people, like I, like I said, I don't want to scare anyone because that's not how I think that we should live our lives. But that that this could happen to anyone, and that it doesn't mean that you are stupid or naive or any of those things. That you, it's wrong place, wrong time, in my opinion. And and the same applies to like what you what we were talking about in the beginning to human trafficking i mean i see so many parallels um with the tactics that were used in nexium that i see working with some of these groups that i'm working with 
regarding human trafficking in Brazil, in Asia, in the US. It's just like, once you know how these people work, it's like a superpower, like you can see through it. And that's kind of why I wanted to make sure that the message was incredibly clear and that anyone who watched understood that the, the docuseries is an educational tool. It's there so that it is a cautionary tale so that you can avoid and that you can protect those that you love. Yes, and I love that you said that you have a superpower where you can see it and you can see it for what it is. And I mean, like, yes. you know, you spoke about Keith, but he was not only a cult leader, but he was a sexual predator. Exactly. And oftentimes they are one and the same. Uh, it just depends on what their motivation is. And in his case, it's clear that it was power and control and not necessarily sex. Uh, sex was a tool that he used to control people. It was not his primary focus where, and that's part of my own education is understanding how that works because I do not think like that. I don't, I don't look at people and think, oh, how can I get everything out of you? Like, how can I use you as a commodity? And, and most people don't, but predators do. Right. Yeah, like you said, it's an evil type of uh, genius of the way mm -hmm. they work and the way they think. Yeah, and it's a scary education. I mean, like I had a, you know, a big slap in the face. It was very, very firsthand uh, experience with the level of darkness that I have never really had in my life. And so it's been an insane learning curve for me, but it's really opened my eyes to a lot of other human rights issues. And I think for me, cults, high control groups, coercion, all of those, human trafficking, all of those things are the same in, and they have the same root to them, which is this human rights issue. You're, you're taking another person's right to decide and to have agency in their lives. And that's just not okay. Right. Well, and people will say like, you know, how could that happen? You know, how could you, you know, be in that type of relationship? How could you join something like that? But it's like, look at also Epstein, look at all these systems and yeah. places that have been designed to be able to get access to, you know, women and even young children and be able to develop trust. I mean, look at Ghislaine Maxwell. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, like people will say that it's so crazy, but as what you're sharing in your story, and of course, what you did with your, you know, seduced your series, I understand like you, like you said, it's an educational piece. It's to tell your story, but it's so much more of showing the darkness and bringing light to that darkness. Yeah. And I mean, I did not, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect when, when we were, you know, about to put seduced out there. I didn't know how people were going to respond. I mean, my, my goal was for it to be an educational tool, like I said, and I'm just so like moved that the response was so great for it because it just showed me that like people were ready for this information, that they were hungry for it and that it really was so rewarding every time I would get a message saying watching the series helped me heal my own grief and my own pain because I feel like when we're able to sort of share these collective experiences, we really are able to heal and work together so much better because most of the time victims of abuse or trauma feel so alone and so isolated and so broken and like defected. And I just wanted them to know that they were not alone and that they were none of those things. Yeah, and that's why I called you a warrior, you know, when I introduced <sighs> you to the show, because honestly, I mean, like you said, you stepped into that pain, you stepped into that darkness, and you chose not only to shed a light on it for others, but also to help yourself to move out of that darkness and to find purpose in your pain and to share that with others and to not only relive it, you know, for yourself to be able to create this, but to share it so people understood from a psychological perspective. So they understood it from an actual, you know, real life perspective that this is something that does happen. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the program that, you know, Nexium that you discussed, isn't that like over like almost 20,000 members? It's about, it's a little under that, but it's, it's about that. And we're talking, you know, 20 years we've been around and, and this was not 
Keith's only MLM. I mean, prior to this, he had had others that were shut down by the government and he paid like a stupid fee of, you know, a couple thousand dollars and was told and slap on the hand and was told never do this again. And, you know, cut to early 2000s and he's creating Nexium and executive success program with Nancy Salzman. So it's, it's really taught me a lot about just, just the justice system in general and where, where it works and where it fails survivors of, of abuse and trauma and, and the lack of legislation that we have now. And like you said, it's really reinvigorated me and it's brought up a, a passion that I, I know I've always had but it's just been, it's now so much clearer. Oh, I mean, I can't even imagine. And I mean, also too, like the fact you were able to not only bring it to so many audiences, but so much media coverage and everything. When really, let's be honest, media does not cover this very often. And they're not good about covering these type of stories or they tag things like with, you know, horrible taglines that they shouldn't. And they don't speak to human trafficking the way it should be. And it's very like, one-dimensional like you don't yep. see the people you don't see the heart and the soul and the consciousness you just see it as like the tagline of something happening oh my god you're speaking my language <laughs> like you hit the nail on the head and just how freaking and just infuriating that that is I mean I remember in the beginning when I had not decided to speak out. I mean I hadn't I had no decision or desire to speak out you know we're talking pre me leaving Nexium, and I was put out into the media and I just felt like so exposed and so humiliated and just incredibly embarrassed and like like people were just looking in my underwear drawer at the mo- most personal thing that had ever happened in my life was now on the news and I was also reduced to a headline like cult girl or sex slave that's horrible and and, and, and I just remember feeling like how am I ever gonna get away from this like how am I going to prove that I'm more than this because I know who I am and I mean I'm, I'm talking with a little bit of um, objectivity now because I wasn't thinking that way when I was in you know just so overwhelmed by all of this I'm talking as I see it now but there was a time where I just thought that this is going to be impossible to go against because it just felt so heavily reduced and and minimized by those types of headlines and i i think part of my desire to just write about it and to speak about it is to do exactly what you said is to bring a humanity to it bring just a human face and a <laughs> just other people to something that people usually just don't want to look at they just don't you're right. And they, and they don't want to see the darkness. They don't want to know that it exists. I mean, for myself, you know, like I was telling you before we really started recording, like I woke up, you know, as a kind of, you know, to all of this as a new mom and, you know, told my husband, like, I had no idea that trafficking was going on in the United States, like call me naive and stupid, but like, I had no idea that was something I thought. You're absolutely not naive or stupid because most people don't know that it's happening in the U S like in your neighborhood. Yes, in your backyard. And not and I have chills now, but I'm not trying to scare anybody, but that is something that I have become way more informed about and it is a, a major issue. Massively. It's I mean it's literally like modern slavery. I had Tim Ballard. It, it is. I had Tim Ballard on my show recently and we spoke all about it and he shared the hard scary facts and you know brought so much light to that darkness and wow, what a man. I've just faith and God and incredible hero. But, you know, we, I've spoken with him so many times and I'm just like floored every time I talk to him, I'm like, Tim, this is literally happening in our backyards. And he's like, yes. Yeah, and nobody wants is. to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk I about know. it. It's because we want to think that we're, you know, above it all. Like we're not a third world country because we're, you know, the U S and I am a, you know, I love the United States. I just did a cross country trip. I'm all about it. But I think that we're naive to the fact that this is happening in our backyard and that's a real disservice to the people around us because I mean 
yeah, it's 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 a lot and it's a heavy, it's a really heavy topic. And I feel somewhat overwhelmed by it, but also super inspired and reinvigorated by the fact that I know this information and that I that there's resources out there that exist. I mean, I'm looking for more people to collaborate with so that I can lend my skills and that we can bring more attention to to these topics in a way that people can understand and, and can relate to. You know, I was just talking to my fiance actually in the kitchen and I, I said, I really want to be able to get this information into high schools, into colleges, into places where people are vulnerable and in times of transition, because that's where you're most susceptible to a predator. Absolutely. And, and so I think if there is a way to make it more mainstream, make it less taboo, make it more of an open conversation that we're already heading in a better direction. I completely agree with you. And that's what I've been doing, you know, on all of my platforms. And so people will say to me- I'm so happy to hear that. So many people will say to me, what are you posting this for? It's so uncomfortable. You know, a lot, know. Of, a lot of this is conspiracy. And I'm like, it's not, wake up. It's not, you know, it's- yeah, Good for you. It's, it's wild, you know, and that's honestly why I reached out to you because after I, you know, saw the series and I read so much up on it, I listened to you on Skinny Confidential and I read up on your story. I was like, wow, what you're doing, this light that you're bringing to this darkness and how you're putting the human in it and not just only yourself, but like really like taking that pain and turning into purpose and helping others. I was so moved by India that I was like, I have to have her on my show. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I'll tell you a weird just inside story that I, I haven't shared a lot of, but um, they kind of touch on it in the series, but not 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 too much. But one of one of the one of the two times that I was in court, um, one was when I shared my victim impact of this here, and the other was at uh, the closing arguments where I had already been kind of released as being a cooperating witness and I was permitted to go to the court at that point. And I remember I was sitting in the back row with my friend. I actually, I write about this in my book, but I, I was sitting in the back row with my friend and it was the first time that I think both of us had registered that we had been victims of human trafficking. Like that's how long it took us to realize what the fuck had happened. I mean, sorry to swear, wow, but what, what the hell had happened to us? Because it's so outrageous to people that they, like what you said, that this is actually going on. It's modern enslavement. It is a human rights issue. And I don't know how many times I've said that, but it's, it's just so much clearer to me now that, that even for me, someone who I don't, I mean, I don't consider myself stupid I don't consider myself out to lunch but it like I couldn't even accept or understand fully what had happened until that point when it was so clear I saw my name on a screen in a courtroom surrounded by other people and I had been traded for money like a commodity wow, wow. and it's like I just couldn't believe it and I had lived it and so now it makes me just feel so much that much more sympathetic to other survivors and victims of situations similar and not I mean not like mine because it makes me realize how how fragile we are and how fragile our brains are and that things can happen to people to to just about anybody Right. Like there's no, like there's no line, like it can literally happen to anybody. Yeah. And that's, and that's a kind of startling thing to realize, but like, but it's also, it's not a shameful thing to realize because it's just something that I, I've had to accept and that I don't feel like judgment about anymore. Um, but it's taken time to get there. Oh, I mean, I can't even imagine. And I mean, speaking to that, if you don't mind sharing, um, no. with Keith and Nexium, they branded the girls, correct? Correct. And that is actually a very common uh, practice. Wow. It's um, dis like disfiguring members or marking members. After I had left, I, I started researching more and I realized that often pimps will brand prostitutes so that they know who is their property. 
And so, I mean, ultimately I ended up covering the scar with a tattoo that I designed because I, I just like couldn't look at myself naked anymore without just seeing that thing and feeling just utterly disgusted by it. And I didn't want to live like that. So I changed it and I created something that I felt uh, was beautiful and that was meaningful to me. Um, it's actually the name of my book too. Oh, <laughs> called, wow. Uh, yeah, the, the tattoo says inside of it, it says Incora Impara and it means still learning in Latin because oh, I, I very much am still learning. I mean, about all of this stuff, but uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's something that it, it was a it was a decision that I made a couple years back um, while I was a cooperating witness with the FBI, and I I remember traveling from I was I was in Colorado at the time, and I traveled to New York, and I got the tattoo, and uh, I covered the scar, and I wasn't allowed to talk about what the scar was, even to the tattoo artist, because in at the when you are working with the FBI, you're you're kind of siloed, like you're on your own little island. You can't talk to anybody about anything when you're in an open investigation. And I remember even going to the tattoo artist and kind of vaguely explaining why I needed to cover this freaking weird ass scar on my hip. And she was so understanding. And uh, she, while she was tattooing me, sorry, I'm, I'm going on a tangent, but I think it's no, you're kind of fine. an interesting story. But while she was tattooing me, I noticed this like beautiful Sanskrit tattoo on her arm. And I asked her, I was like, what, is that, what does that mean? And she said, well, you know, funny story, but um, it's supposed to mean love, but this guy who did the tattoo ended up tattooing his own name on me. And I literally almost like lost my, <laughs> lost my breath. And I looked up at her while I'm on the table this, uh, getting the tattoo. And I go, you won't believe this, but this is kind of a similar situation. <laughs> wow. And, and I mean, it was, it was kind of this weird moment where she didn't know anything about me. I didn't know anything about her, but we were relating over something that um, was just so like meaningful to me because she was taking the time to make this part of me feel good and beautiful again, something that had been so tainted and so, um, bad for so long wow well it's like yeah. you reclaimed that part of your body right it was like you took that's you how i said, feel mine again and you you know like you said you put something like that beautiful quote there to let you know like that you you know like you said like we are all learning right we are living this you know human experience and for you especially i mean what a you know traumatic time for you and i mean i can't even imagine but you speaking to that I, in that moment, it sounds like, you know, you were really taking your body back. You were taking your sovereignty back. That's how it feels. It's like, it starts here. And I, if there was anything about me or my body that I was like rejecting or feeling shame about, like that's something to look at. I mean, it's, and, and healing is just so freaking nuanced I mean you go one step forward two steps back and then you have a day where you can't leave bed and then you have another day where you have an incredible revelation you're like oh my god that makes so much sense I feel so much better about that and it's ever changing and that's also something that I've had to start to understand is that it's a journey and that it it can be messy and I don't like to sugarcoat it for people because there has been, there have been some times that I felt very, very low and dark and that I didn't appreciate my life and I didn't want to be around and I wanted to escape and, you know, end my life and all of these things that I've now come to know are very common for people who experience trauma like that. And and to get to the point where I actually feel like really grateful for my life and really excited about my life and very hopeful has been a process. Well, I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, again, that's why I said, you know, you mean truly, you know, you're a warrior and, you know, speaking to like kind of coming to their side. I mean, how did you decide that you were going to, you know, take your life back? How did you decide to, 
be sovereign again and be able to, I mean, I can't even imagine going FBI. I mean, all the things that had to happen, but like, how did that happen? I mean, I know it's, I'm sure it's a whole nother story, but what's the gist of what you would share for those mm-hmm. listening and what made you stand up and, and, and be able to do that? Well, many, many things. I mean, all the, the obvious ones I'll say first, which is um, when I realized what I had been involved in, when I actually was able to understand that and I had some distance from the group and I had a little more objectivity and I had been working with, you know, therapist, the programmer, I had reconnected with my mother, et cetera. All of that affected me greatly. But the, I think the real like gist of it was that I just didn't want to not have love in my life again. And I think I felt for so many years, like separated from my family, separated from the things that I loved that I just didn't want to live in pain anymore. I didn't want to live feeling fractured or feeling hateful towards myself. And I just wanted to have my my life back. And I, I wanted to feel the way that I had felt when I was younger again. And, and that was really motivating to me. And it was motivating for me to understand what had happened and to be able to go back and retrace those steps and to be able to speak about it and write about it. It comes from my own curiosity, but it also comes from my own desire to put the pieces back together so that I can freaking understand what happened. <laughs> Not only explain it for other people, but just to know like, and have forgiveness and have respect and gratitude and all of those things I think comes from understanding what you've gone through and what other people have done for you in order to have the life that I have now. So I would say that it really just like comes down to love. And the fact that I had felt so vacant of that for so long that I just really, really wanted to figure out how I could have that back. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, and like you said, like, you know, you had to get to that moment of realizing that what obviously you were in was not healthy and was not right. And, you know, um, really did take away your sovereignty. Um, but I mean, the fact that you realized to step away and to move forward, I mean, there's so many who obviously don't do that for so long or are just stuck in it or just don't even know. And so even you just sharing this right now, you know, I think it's so important for those, you know, that are listening to understand that, like you said, you weren't aware that you were even in it until you were able to kind of step out of it and see mm-hmm. like this disconnect of like, wow, I'm missing <clears throat> love in my life I'm missing my sovereignty like I'm literally not the person I was when I came in exactly exactly and I mean I've said this before and I think that it just like it really it hits home for me and I hope it hits home for other people but you just you don't need to be in a cult to be coerced a cult is an extreme situation although I mean I like to let people know that there's thousands of cults just in the U.S. alone so be aware of that too but people are coerced constantly. They're coerced in toxic work environments. There's coercion within just, you know, male, female, female, female relationships, whatever it is, it exists because manipulation exists. And so for me to like not have to carry that level of shame or upset towards myself for a decision that I had made thinking I think oftentimes people don't confront those demons because there is so much shame. And that's like the worst thing in the world because the shame silences people. It silences you from being free of it and actually speaking about it and sharing about it, not necessarily in a public way because I don't necessarily, I don't always promote that either. Cause I think sometimes it's better to resolve these things privately. Like if it was, if I could go backwards and never have been splashed in the media, I would have loved that because I'm really actually a very private person and I don't really love to share my life with everybody else in the world, but it just happened to be that that's the way the cards laid out and I had to, to deal with the hand that I was dealt. And this is the way that I thought I could take the narrative back in my own hands 
and give myself a future. And, and really that mostly comes from the fact that my mom was willing to fight for me the way that she did. And, and I just can't, <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> I just can't explain. I just can't explain to you how like, grateful I am for that. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, well, I know your parents, you know, your mother, especially, I mean, they're supposed to be, you know, I tell my husband all the time, you know, your, your biggest advocate, especially from, you know, young age to, you know, an adult. I mean, that's, you know, a parent's role. I mean, now I'm, you know, a new mom of two girls and, you know, I can't even imagine. And I've read this, you know, about your mom and how fierce she was and how much she, you know, did for you and stood up. And I mean, that's what you want out of any mom and any parent, right? Yeah. I mean, you sound like a wonderful mom. So your daughters are lucky to have you. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, you got me choked up because I mean, it's (laughs) it's true. You know, I tell my husband that with everything, like anything, someone questions me on, I'm like, I am, especially since they're little, I'm like, I am their only advocate. I am their only voice, you know, you're a champion. Yeah. I I take it seriously. And that's what, that's like, and when I talk about like the absence of love and like finding that love again, like the fact that my mom was willing to fight for a life that I didn't even know that I could have says a lot because that's how much she loves me is that she believed that there was more for me than that, even when I didn't know. And Did I lose you there? Yeah, for a second I lost you. I yeah, I heard you and then you cut out for a hot second. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I was just saying like the fact that she was willing to fight for a life from that she saw for me in the future that I didn't even see for myself is a beautiful thing. And I just feel so lucky for that that wow. I have a mom like that. Yeah, that's be I mean, that's beautiful. And I'm sure she's so grateful that you're in a you know good place now and that you know she gets to be a part of she that, is. <laughs> you know, in your life and you know I mean you know and I want to quickly get to of course you know your happy ending but I wanted to bring up really uh quickly um you had mentioned um Allison Mack being someone mm-hmm. that was you know very much like tried to kind of be I guess in a sense like a mentor to you and brought you in and that kind of thing she, she was the, the one um, at the, at the end, right. That you ended up having the flash drives that you found. Oh yes, that is correct. Okay. Um, that is. Um, so those, so Allison Mack was the one that recruited me. Allison Mack was the one who um, introduced me to DOS and I mean, when all of this was unraveling, she had been arrested at that point. And we go into this uh, extensively, actually, in the series, too. Yes. But um, I did find these flash drives. I didn't know what they were at the time. I just packed them in my duffel bag. And I moved from New York City to Los Angeles. And I was living with my mom at the time, um, right after I'd left Nexium. And uh, I just like, unpacked my bag. And I pulled them out and I thought, okay, I'm just gonna figure out what the hell is on these things. So I put them in and it ended up being like an incredible amount of evidence that I gave to the FBI. And that was my introduction to working with them. Wow. Um, and from there, it, I, I mean, I didn't know this, but it, it ended up being really important evidence because one of his you know, main reasons for why he was innocent and I'm doing like air quotes because we we all know he is not uh, was that he wasn't involved in DOS and really those tapes are actually all first-hand recordings of him curating DOS and deciding how the brand was going to look how it was going to be done and directing the whole thing from the beginning so it debunked that entire you know theory that he was with wow I felt pretty proud of that but I mean there are so many brave people that left even before before I saw the truth that really were trailblazers for this to disassemble I mean including my mom and many other people because it is just not easy to leave a cult it's not 
and it's not easy to leave an abusive relationship it's not it's you know I think it's what it takes the average woman something like seven times to leave an abusive relationship so now imagine that in a high control group it's like that on steroids the amount of pressure um and so I just have a lot of respect for all the people who came before me too and helped to shed light on this as well Wow. Well, and the reason I brought up, and, you know, I saw that in series too, but the reason I brought that up with, you know, the flash drives and also as a Mac, because to me, when I was, you know, reading on your story and watching and everything, I'm like, wow, it kind of came full circle in a way, because she's the one who brought you in. And she's the one who really kind of pushed for you into this intimate women's group and took it to the next level. And then she was getting, you know, arrested when you found these flash drives that, you know, she had. So it's kind of really um, wild to, to me when I was reading it and, and taking it all in. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was a big moment for me. And that was one of those moments where like, y- you just can't unknow it. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh my God. My, I remember when I, when I first heard the flash drives, my mouth just dropped to the floor because even though I had heard many times that the brand was his initials I just like couldn't accept that and when I heard the recording in his own voice it was just like that's when a lot of things changed for me and I I just decided that telling the truth about what happened however difficult or you know impossible it felt at times was going to be my job wow I mean when you speak to that and you say that about like hearing it, I mean, I guess in a way, because how you were saying also before about your, you know, the scar and, you know, doing the tattoo, it must have been liberating for you to hear that as, as, as I can't even imagine, but, and I'm sure it was so painful, but would you have said liberating? Like it was something that, you you know, you know, I don't know. it, It didn't feel liberating at the time. I guess now looking back, it was because it liberated me from a lot of the lies I was still holding on to and trying to protect their lives. But for me, I think it was like a fire underneath me that was like, no fucking way. This mm-hmm. whole thing was a lie. And it just, it just like snapped me into reality. So sometimes probably the most painful moments and the most humiliating moments and the most like, what the hell did I do moments are the ones that have propelled me. Wow. Well, and speaking to propelling you, I want you quickly to, you know, just tell us where you are now. You know, you have an amazing fiance, like life has completely changed and shifted for you. You know, you said you were writing, you know, your book. I want you to share a yeah. quick little bit before I let you go of like what life is like now and what you would want others to know who are listening, who can get out of the darkness and get <laughs> to the other side and get to the light because that's what you've done and you've continued to do. And now, you know, you're a warrior for that light everywhere in India. And so I want you to share that. Thank you. I certainly try. And, you know, like I do have messed up days where I feel down and I feel tired and I <laughs> get triggered and all of that. And I need therapy and I'm, I'm a human being so it, it's 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 a journey of healing for me so I, I I do feel like I'm very much on the other side of it but I you know I'm still processing a lot of things myself and I have a wonderful fiance and I have so much love in my life and just such a caring partner and he helps me have fun and just like be a normal person <laughs> and so that's great and I am writing again and I'm, I'm planning to write another book about healing, which I'm really excited about. And I, um, I'm just really, really grateful for my life now. And I, I do think that no matter what you've gone through, that you can still have your life back. That I think for a long time, I felt like I was going to be controlled by my pain or my trauma forever, but that, that, that way of thinking was letting them win and I didn't want that anymore like I wanted to be able to be in control of my life and a lot of that had to do with letting go of believing that I could change them I could fix things and just focusing on on really what felt right for me and reconnecting to my intuition and 
also creating boundaries for myself and my own life has been really hard and a really good lesson. And so I think that's kind of my takeaway right now is just that life has just been this wonderful, crazy journey. And I just, I'm here now with what I know and I, I want to be able to continue to share and be an activist for, for people who have experienced similar things. Yeah, I mean, incredible. And I'm so happy for you with your fiance. You guys are so cute together. <laughs> Thank he's you. He's a love, yeah. you know? He, yeah, he's he's wonderful. We have a good time. It's awesome. I mean, I love it. And I think that's so great for others to hear, you know, especially someone like you who, I mean, really like was in it and went through so much and so much that like so many of us could never even fathom. And here you are on the other side and, you know, you have an amazing fiance and you have a great relationship with your mom and you know you are you know just a light and a warrior in this space and everything you're doing so I'm just so honored thank you so much for sharing thank you yourself and your story and of course tell us where we can you know find you and follow you the floor is yours and you know your oh. <laughs> tell everyone and of course the series again so they can you know if they haven't watched it yet anyone right. listening, you guys have to go watch it So, hold on. I think you froze. Let's see. Dang. Okay, back. So, um, I'm I'm not a huge social media person. So, really, you can only find me on Instagram <laughs> under India Oxenberg. And um, other than that, you can find my book still learning on Audible. It's with them, and you can also watch Seduced on Stars. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, India, for being so real and raw and sharing and all you've gone through and your own healing journey. And guys, if you listen to this, I hope, you know, you know, no matter what you're going through, you can find the light within the tunnel and find your way out of the darkness. Mm -hmm. And like India said, you know, healing is an ongoing journey. So thank you, India, so much. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes, and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.